Hello and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. With your host, Kenneth Pecora. This is episode 16, recorded on November 19th, 2020. This episode of the EV Revolution Show is sponsored by File Sanctuary. Need a great web host for your business? Need to get email at yourdomain.com? They provide professional, feature-rich web and email hosting for any project you have in mind. Get started today at filesanctuary.net forward slash cloud and save 10% with promo code EVREVSHOW. All right, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in, folks. Hope everybody is staying safe uh, as we continue to navigate the virus situation. Um, please follow public health guidelines. This is my uh, PSA that I do for all my shows. Please, everybody, stay uh, you know listen to people, uh, follow the logic, and we will get through this. But uh, it's that time of year where we're starting to get cold in a lot of parts of North America and around the world, of course, and that means winter is coming. And for those parts that do experience cold, we get snow and ice and all kinds of nice stuff that Mother Nature loves to throw us. So I thought I would do a podcast here to talk about EVs in the winter and tires and you know things to think about when you're driving an EV and preparing it for the winter. And I am so happy to have a special guest uh, on the show today, Mr. Ian Pavelko. He's the Director of Technical Services of FASCO. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on, Ken. It's a real pleasure. Well, it's a pleasure because you're also, you know, a huge EV advocate. You do a podcast show as well with uh, my good buddy Trevor and some other folks um, covering the, uh, you know, the Tesla scene and some other stuff. So you're very well vested and knowledgeable in the marketplace. Um, and I thought, you know, who better to go to but... Not only a guy that's passionate about EVs and that knows a lot, but also knows the tire business because and wheels because that's really what Fasco does, correct? Yeah, Fasco. Um, a lot of people don't realize, but we're sort of a multifaceted company. The, um, yep. the the parent company is called Fastco, and its main claim to fame is we're an alloy wheel manufacturer, and mm-hmm. we build three different lines. We have fast wheels, replica wheels, and Braylon alloy is our our third and upcoming custom line. But we're also a tire distributor, and we do all this at multiple levels. Um, so you can buy just wheels from us. If you're one of our retail customers, you, we can buy not only a wheel set, but just a wheel and tire package as well, where we'll mount the wheels and tires together. So we're a wheel manufacturer and a tire distributor, and we provide mounted packages um, mm-hmm. strictly at a wholesale level. Yep. And another thing that people don't know is we're also a manufacturer of OEM alloy wheels. Um, okay. If you ever wander into a Hyundai, Kia, Mazda, uh, Mitsubishi, Nissan, Infiniti, I hope I'm not forgetting any of them, but all of the wheels across yeah. Canada that you buy out of the showroom as accessory parts for those cars are built under license by us. Right. So, um, yeah, that's that's been a great aspect of the business, working you know with the car companies directly. Um, fantastic partnerships. And we learn a lot. And everything we learn from the OEMs, which is really the hardest customer in the world to please, mm-hmm. uh, we incorporate into the uh, the wheels we build you know, in our accessory programs. So always a lot going on. And I see them all over the place. You know, uh, you're a great story because you're a Canadian location um, a big presence, but you guys, you know, ship all over the place and you have clients, you know, internationally, right. Uh, from the type of business, I mean, you see your stuff all over the place and, and of course, to add to your knowledge, uh, your wealth of knowledge, um, 
uh, I know that you you've been following me since day one, since Trevor and I. Yeah. So we go way back since we started yeah. the Model Three Owners Club when when it seems like decades ago now the way the time yeah. is going. Uh, so you know I appreciate that we've been uh, talking for quite a long time. But then also I mean you know you, uh, last winter you did a uh, cross Canada run with Trev in a Model Three. Uh, kind of a, you know, uh, I think it was from Vancouver to here, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, we we did the eastbound run. So, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we, we the, the company sponsored it. Um, mm-hmm. and we called it the Fast EV Lightning Run. And we basically did, well, we only stopped to charge. We called it nonstop. People got a little bit, well, you have to yeah. stop to charge. Well, but in other words, there was no sleeping anywhere. There was no right. hotel stops, you know. Right. So, yeah, we we were the first to run the entire length of the uh, the supercharger network, which was just turned on a little shy of a year ago. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we rent uh, from Vancouver to Halifax in uh, 73 hours and 27 minutes, if memory wow. serves. That's crazy. Yeah. That's in the winter. In the yeah. winter, yeah, in early March, and it was yeah. freezing cold, and we had all kinds of fun. So again, just to add to your street cred, you're very, you know, you've got the knowledge to talk about the topic about EVs and which are driving today, and we will we will try to keep it where we can cover a broad range of EVs, so not just Tesla focused, but certainly there are some unique elements that Tesla brings to the table and things to think about for their vehicles that we'll get into as well when when the, the temperatures get cooler. Um, and I just wanted to say, by the way, on that lightning run, which was great, I've done the drive myself from Toronto to Vancouver three times. So uh, uh, I know that run. And once was in middle of February, coming back from Victoria to Toronto uh, by myself in a 1977 Triumph TR7, the, the wedge. <laughs> just really? Me, me and the trunk full of everything I owned at the time. So <laughs> coming back home after I left the military, I was uh, I was in the Navy for a few years out in Esquimalt and, and the island. And once I left, I uh, did my did my tour and that was it. And uh, yeah, I just said, I'm going moving back home. And I, and I had a little TR7 at the time. Wow, that's memories. brave. A lot a of TR7. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, would <laughs> I would have killed to do it in a car like that. I mean, that I'm was an brave. adventure freak. Yeah, that's fun. That's braver yeah. than doing it in an EV any day of the week. Yeah. So, you know, I can understand the hours that you guys talk about. I mean, I, I, I went about a day and a half, you know, kind of all I could do at the time without before I had to go sleep somewhere, uh, you know, when you're on your own. But uh, but winter, I mean, you know, winter's here. And I know that now there's a lot of a lot of rush. You know, I'm seeing the, the tire guys. Everybody's busy for booking appointments. Um, I just got a set of winters that I haven't put on yet. I'm going to put them on probably this weekend or so. Uh, waiting for the temperatures to cool off uh, for for the for my Model Three, but when I had the Leaf, I certainly got a pair of winter tires. I've been big a big proponent of winter tires myself here for many years. All of our cars, I mean, we have two cars, so you know I have sets for both, um, and you know put them on as uh, soon as it gets cold enough, and leave them on till till really the snow's gone. So let's talk. Let's start with with winter tires than on EVs. I mean, uh, we all know that winter tires offer. You know, better traction, better control, not so much performance because performance is, uh, means things to different people. I like to say safety control. But, you know, it, it, what, what would you say are the biggest characteristics of, of just winter tires before we get into EVs for EVs? Well, when we talk about winters, they're, you know, people tend to think of, well, snow tires or winter tires, whatever you want to call yeah. them, they tend to think of them as a single category product. In mm-hmm. other words, you know, we we look at, even the average consumer, not necessarily the geek, understands that there's multiple levels of, of summer and all season tires. You know, you have touring tires, which are comfortable and long lasting and quiet. Yeah. You have super ultra high performance tires, UHPs as we call them. 
you know, which are suitable for very sporty drivers for, for high performance cars, sometimes for track use, or just people like to drive quickly in the street. And there's grand touring, there's all these different categories. So we, we think about them as having, you know, like the 32 flavors of Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. But when we think about winter tires, we think, well, there's just winter tires, right? You know, they got the big squiggly treads and, you know, there's expensive ones and there's cheap ones and that's it. Nothing could be further than the truth. There's a wide variety now mm-hmm. of winter tires that you can choose. And, uh, you know, I get this question, of course, all the time, many, many times a week on Twitter, through the forum, every yep. every possible avenue. It's like, well, what's the best winter tire, you know, for my Model 3 or my Leaf or my Volt or whatever? And it's like, it's kind of like asking, what's the best restaurant, you know, or what's yeah. the best food? <laughs> There's yeah. lots. That's so, right. you know, what I, I always tell people, give me kind of your top five list of priorities. In other words, do you do you really focus on, you know, does the ice and snow traction come first, you know, mm-hmm. which is what you described. Now, I think for most Canadians, because we can get such severe weather, that is our number one concern. The tire has to work mm-hmm. in ice yep. and snow. And any reputable winter tire will do that for you. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you want that to be the number one at the expense of everything else? Or do you want to have maybe, you know, try and retain as much of the car's summer handling um, as you can in order when the days where it doesn't snow, you know, even here in Montreal, we can go sometimes weeks without seeing a major snowstorm and the roads are dry. And it's like, well, I want to enjoy how, you know, how my car handles because it's the Model 3 is a fantastic handling car. Mm -hmm. You know, even our Volt is a fun car to toss around on a nice day. So, you know, you can you can look at this and say, okay, well, if I want a high performance winter tire, then Maybe what you want to focus on is something with a higher speed rating. You know, mm-hmm. that's not a direct corollary. Like just because the tire has um, an H or a V speed rating doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a stellar performance tire. But typically, those winter tires that have the higher speed ratings are the ones that offer that nice crisp handling. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking to the Tesla crowd, that's been. I'd say almost a 50-50 thing. When you look at what Tesla recommends, you know, as their OE choices, they yeah. always recommend a V-rated tire, like the the Pirelli um, Winter Soda 03 right. is what you see in their packages because it's got that high speed rating. And for an owner who wants to go maximum ice and snow traction, well, you want to take the speed rating down. Right, right. And one of the you, questions yeah. – sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, because it, you're right, it does, and it also depends on, you know, where you live, where you're driving. Sure. So if you're primarily urban, yeah. um, where the streets are most likely going to get plowed relatively quickly compared to outside major urban areas, if you're more rural or country or, or you know, suburbish uh, to the to the extremes, where it might take a little longer for snow plows to come, or what part of the, you know, even southern Ontario, our geography is so different. You know, it can be snowing, it can be nothing where i am and i can go 20 minutes up the road and get into half a foot of snow you know uh, yeah. because of elevation changes and and late lake effect and all that kind of stuff you know where we are so taking that into account should also be a determining factor in de- making a decision for snow tires right absolutely it's where are you going to be driving the car most of the times yeah and what are your expectations as a driver like I said, if you if you know even if you're encountering fairly severe winter conditions, uh, even even the high performance winter tires nowadays mm-hmm. are capable of doing that. But as a driver, you just have to be conscious of the fact. Okay, if I'm if, if I'm driving through like a real heavy snowstorm, if it's you know black ice or really nasty conditions, yeah. I'll just have to keep my speeds down. Yeah, you know, compared to the top 
you know, ice and snow tires. Mm -hmm. And that means that I have a better handling car when it is nice out. And the reverse of that is true. Like if you're willing to give up, you know, some of the shenanigans on a nice dry sunny day (laughs) and go for pure performance, if you take a T or a a Q rated or even an S rated snow tire, anything in the lower speed bracket range, um, you'll definitely notice an improvement on ice and snow. And the reason for that isn't obvious, but it's, when you think about it, it starts to make sense. When I teach our, our, our product training course at work, the, um, the analogy I always use is imagine you're going to walk across the skating rink and you're, and you're, you're stocking feet. Uh Are you going to want to make any sudden moves? (laughs) No, you're not right. You're going to walk very gingerly. You're going to make very deliberate, very slow moves. So tires, you know, typically the higher the speed rating, the more performance oriented they are, the stiffer the carcass. And what that means is as soon as you turn the steering wheel or pry throttle or brakes or anything like that, uh, they respond instantly. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and moving quickly is not your friend on a slippery surface. Exactly. You, want, yeah. you want it to have a sloth-like reaction. Yeah. So this is why the best winter tires feel like, the, you know, this drunken sailing ship on a dry yeah. road. A little you know, mushy you turn, kind of thing. Yeah, you're... You're yeah. turning the steering wheel and it's kind of yeah. like, why doesn't the car respond? Yeah. Because you don't want it to. You exactly. want it to make this kind of, ooh, you know, very yeah. gentle left or right turn. Yeah. And this pays huge dividends when when the roads are right. slippery because what happens is the car tends to stay, you know, the, the tread block tends, tends to stay bonded to the road. It's not mm-hmm. going to snap loose. Mm-hmm. So that really is helpful and it makes it so much more predictable. When the, and that's know, when, a, when in the combination with the, with the softer compound of the material of the tires versus your all season or summer or other rated tires, correct? Yeah. Everything has to work in concert. You know, a good tire is kind of like a musical band, like the composition mm-hmm. of the tread, um, the design of the the grooves in it, um, mm-hmm. the tread motility or the block motility. In other words, how much the tread block squirms and everything has to be tuned yep. to how stiff the carcass is. Everything has to work in concert so that it delivers a predictable performance under the, the conditions that you want it to. So right. yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, designing tires to me is is the blackest of black arts when it comes to the automobile. I mean, yeah. the, the engineers that do that to me are sorcerers. It's yeah. incredible what they're able to do nowadays. And it's constantly being pushed. Like if you look at yeah. whether we're talking about uh, summer, all season or winter tires nowadays compared to even 10 years ago, it's astonishing yeah. the advances that have been made. You know, And if you want to take just one example, we now have a number of models uh, on the market of all season tires that have the severe snowflake, you know, the little mountain snowflake symbol, mm-hmm. the severe service symbol mm-hmm. rating, meaning that they're legitimate uh, winter tires that are legal for use in Quebec or other markets as purely winter tires, but they're all yeah. seasons. Yeah. And all of this because of the incredible advances, uh, advances in, uh, in tread design and, and particularly in the rubber compound technology. That's interesting you bring that up because the last car that we had, in fact, the car that we used as a trade-in for, um, our Model 3 was my was my old uh, Nissan Sentra. Um, and about a year and a half ago, I needed new tires. And those are the exact tires I got. I, I forget what brand they were, but they were the all-season winter-rated tires uh, so that they wouldn't wear as much in the in the hotter climates, uh, still give you decent performance. Um, and again, this this is a, a you know, just a, a regular sedan. It's not a performing vehicle by any stretch. But they were comfortable, they were quiet, and they handled... Uh, they handled most uh, snow quite adequately. The very heavy and icy stuff, they obviously aren't going to be as good as true winter-only tires. But for an urban area that we're in, they were fine. 
Yeah, I, I've tried a few of them. And, you know, I was always um, 100% a summer and winter tire mm-hmm. guy. Like, yeah. I, I strongly recommend all seasons in Canadian summers just because we have such crazy weather and it's yeah. only getting crazier. <laughs> like, sure. We go from yeah. snow to like, you know, nearly 100 degree Fahrenheit temperatures now in the span of a month or two. So you, you never know what you're going to get. So yeah, I'm a big right. fan of using an all season in the summer. Yeah. You can put it on with confidence early in the spring. You can leave it on in the fall. You never mm-hmm. worry that the tire is going to fail you. Yeah. But I, I hated them in winter. I mean, right. I just never considered running a, an all season in winter because they just were so lacking. But these these all weather tires, as they're called now, and that's sort of become the catch term to distinguish them as an all weather tire rather than yes. all season. Um, they can do all right. I mean, you know, it comes back to what we said earlier. As long as your um, your expectation is that it's not going to be quite as good as a, as a full blown winter tire, mm-hmm. but they're certainly safe. You know, driven driven within their limits, they're predictable, and they can do the job for you if that's the way you choose to go in places where they're legal. Sure. Yeah, and I think people have to remember um, that uh, just because you have a, a good set of snow tires doesn't mean like that you can drive like a maniac when the weather's bad. You could you could still get your vehicle out of control quite easily if under the right circumstances, which as you said could happen, you know, very quickly in our climates and you know, things like black ice and stuff. I mean ice yeah. is, is is not your friend no matter what you have. You know, unless you're running chains or or um studs or something like that, you know, where you're really gonna get more traction. Um, even so and even, even so, so. Yeah. oh yeah no no i i, I rolled yeah. and rode off my my last audi a3 that i had during uh-huh. um a winter rally that was it was a street event it was yeah. uh it wasn't like a full professional one but yeah i had nokian uh hackabolita sevens studded mm-hmm. which is probably one of the best winter tires in the world yeah. Sure. And we still managed to lose car, just a, an off camber turn, yeah. glare yeah. ice in the middle of the night, way up in the forest roads of Quebec. And yeah, yeah. You, what did there, you know, that, that fine line between yeah. having traction and not having traction uh, on ice is so yeah. thin. Exactly. And it, it takes very little to exceed it. And that's why yeah. I tell people, you know, if you're going to skimp on tires, uh, you can get away with it in summer because you're rarely ever at the limit of your summer mm-hmm. tires, maybe in really yeah. heavy rain conditions, right. you know? Exactly. Hydroplaning or something like that. Right. That would be, yeah. mm-hmm. But in winter, you're constantly riding the edge. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you're you're just a few kilometers away from the traction limits for yeah. most people because we, right. we you know, we're, we live in an impatient society. We want to yeah. drive the same speed all year round. Mm-hmm. And statistically, that means you're very close to the limit most of the time, humming along at 100, 110 kilometers an hour on the highway in the winter than you are compared to the summer. So it, it sure. really pays big dividends to get the right tires for winter. Uh, for sure. And I, I was going to say the last yeah. aspect before I'm going to ask you for some of your tire recommendations for EVs, the last uh, characteristic would be, you know, again, how many kilometers you are driving now with COVID. Most people are, are you know, we're, we're locked in or we're not driving as much. I mean, I'm in sales. So, you know, my territory is southern Ontario up to Sudbury and, and you know, east to Kingston, Ottawa. So, I mean, I have a pretty big swath, but I'm not driving now because I'm not, I'm, I'm seeing clients virtually. But, you know, when that opens up, I'll be back to putting my 25 to 30,000 kilometers a year on the vehicle with, you know, probably a good half being in winter. Um, so that has to be under consideration too, as far as a wearability and, and wear rating for the tires, correct? 
Yeah, certainly that's another factor is, you know, how much mileage do you put on the car and you want something that's longer wearing. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, winter tires don't get the tread wear rating that you Mm -hmm. have with all seasons and summer. So it's very hard to determine. You can't Mm -hmm. really do an accurate comparison Mm -hmm. between models as to what's going to wear longer. You have to really rely on your retailer, you know, like talk talk to the the retailer, the shop that's setting up with tires and say, look, I need something that's Mm -hmm. got really good durability. You know, they'll know from having thousands of customers with different cars will be able to tell you well there's model x model y model z our experiences with model z typically people are getting really good uh mileage results but it's tough for me to go out and say always go for the longest wearing winter because by nature the best performing winter tires have to be relatively soft yes so again you can get away with a hard compound in summer as Mm -hmm. long as you're willing to drive like a normal human but in winter uh, it's tough to do. So I think we sort of have to live in mind that, you know, if you're, if you're fairly heavy in the mileage department, you might only get mm-hmm. two, three, four winters right. out of a set, you know, yep. and you have to look at replacing them. It's just the cost of the game, but it's, yep. it's so little to pay for your safety. All it takes is one bad accident. You're out a whole bunch of money in the deductible and it could be far worse in terms Correct. of injury, harm, whatever else. So it's, it's, it's worth, you know, looking at it as a wear item and just living with it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, always follow OEM recommendations for sizes and tires. And, you know, I'm sure I know that there are some bubbles that people can go out a little bit. They can go variance a little bit. But I, I, you know, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of safety first. And uh, and that one last question before I ask you about some tire recommendations, you know, certainly I've talked to people about, well, you know, should I I mean, I run 20s, but should I go to 18s in the winter or 19s or 16s, 15s, whatever? I mean, is is it, in my opinion, I would think a little bit thinner tire with a little bit higher sidewalls, probably the way you want to go for a winter tire? So glad you asked. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion around that. And there's no question. Again, it comes back to what I was explaining earlier. You want the tire to be very lazy in its response. Mm-hmm. Uh, so generally, the taller sidewall tires uh, will give you that. The taller the tire is, you know, the smaller the wheel diameter, because we have to first, let's just explain to the audience one thing that's important, especially with modern cars is you have to keep the overall diameter of the tire the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, you know, if the whole assembly is 26 inches in diameter, you know, with whatever tire size you have, give or take, you know, a few fractions of an inch, you want to stay there. And the reason is cars now rely so heavily on knowing what their wheel and tire diameters are in order for the computer to do its thing. So for the traction control, the anti-lock brakes, particularly for stability control, which does magic now, these cars that can, you know, correct skids and so on, it's very important for them to know that all four wheels are rolling at the same speed and it's the correct speed. Mm -hmm. So you have to respect that overall diameter. So what you can do is on a lot of cars now that have these, you know, really super sexy low profile tires and very large diameter wheels, again, they work fantastic in the summer on, you know, dry or wet pavement, but they are not your friends in the winter. (laughs) So to the extent that you can, it's always better to put on a smaller wheel with a much taller tire. And what this does, again, is it makes the sidewall of the tire softer and more forgiving, and it makes it so much more predictable and more pleasurable to drive on snow and ice. Now, Mm -hmm. you don't always have the option on all cars to do this. I mean, uh, Tesla is a big example. Um, You know, on almost all of the models, pretty much whatever the base size of the car is, case of Model 3, 18-inch is it. 
Uh, I've seen some really crazy setups where you can cheat and put on these super narrow competition wheels in 17 inch, but this is really more for off-road stuff, you know. Mm. But really practically for from a street standpoint, you still have to run uh, a 235, 45, 18 tire, which is mm-hmm. quite a low profile. Yes. Now, if you're driving something like uh, a Volt or a Leaf, no problem finding like a 65 series tire in mm-hmm. a smaller size. Like uh, both those cars can downsize to 16 inch without problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they come typically on 17s, but you can put a 16 with a nice tall tire. Yep. That works very well. So always go with the smallest diameter wheel and uh, a taller tire. Now, yeah. Width is another variable, right? You know, can, is it better to go wider, narrower? Well, again, in summer, generally wider works better for you. It gives you better traction, particularly on dry surfaces. In winter, not so much. You want the narrowest tire you can get away with. Right. Um, again, some cars tend to be sensitive to this. You know, it, it can really mess with the traction control and stability control if you go too narrow, because now that you know the car is wandering all over the place and you're getting these Christmas tree type displays on your dash, like the car's going, what's wrong? It feels like I'm running out of air pressure. So I wouldn't go too, too small. But typically stick with the smallest, uh, narrowest size that the car comes with as an option. You know, if there's three different sizes, like in the case of a Model 3, go with whatever that smallest, narrowest one is from the company. And that works across most makes and models of vehicle. You'll be very safe and you'll get the best possible results, you know, when it comes to ice and snow. For sure. Now, let me before we get into some of the other uh, attributes of, of owning an EV in the winter and things that you can do to make your winter driving better and, and efficiencies in the cars. But for tire recommendations, give me maybe your, your top four or five that you know would cover most of the the EV models. And uh, of course, you know these are for EVs. We are we are we are about comfort and and rolling resistance, right? Having more efficiency because they they. Uh, the resistance is uh, is lower on tires, so there's that aspect. Uh, the quiet and the sound, you know, factor of the quietness. So uh, knowing that, and you've sold, a, you know, your company has sold a ton of of, of tires for EVs. What are kind of your top ones that you recommend? Well, winter tires for EVs are a tire engineer's nightmare because not only do they have to have good ice and snow traction, but there's all the things you just named. I yeah. mean, you know, EV drivers, we're notorious about noise, right? Like yeah. we, we all get out our, our little handheld decibel meters and we're listening carefully. It's like, I think I heard a little bit more tread noise because that's all there is. There's no noise in the car, right? So mm-hmm. we get super anal about tread noise. Thankfully, oh, again, with my stereo, but that's another story anyway. So. OK, well, if you have a loud enough <laughs> yeah. good sound system, then it's no yeah. big deal. But yeah, that's an extra consideration. Yeah. But, you know, I'm typically willing to give up a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but we're very, very lucky that, again, you know, with advances in technology, most winter tires now are fairly close to, if not about as quiet as the typical um, summer or all season tire. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get some extremely quiet ones. Like if we look at the Michelin, uh, the Primacy MXM4, which comes as the base tire on the Model mm-hmm. 3, they're extraordinarily quiet. Like these tires make no sound. It's really yeah. quite eerie. And uh, more and more companies are coming out with equivalent models. So that's a tough fact to follow. I found yeah. any other, any winter tire I've tried on the three, um, it's tough to match that noise level, but you can get pretty close. And mm-hmm. it's the same for most other EVs. I, th- I find some other cars like our Volt is a little more forgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not so bad for noise, you know, depending on the tire. Um, I've never actually driven a Leaf with winter tires. You could speak to that if you noticed a big yeah, noise difference. Yeah, I had difference. the Michelin X-Ice on mine, uh, yeah. and they were fantastic. They were quiet, and they were fantastic tires. Um, well, I did a winter driving video where I actually tried to get the car a little bit out of control. I was yeah. trying to do donuts in it. Okay. Uh, it was really hard, so... <laughs> 
Well, you just yeah. named one of the top ones that comes yeah. up. I mean, uh, if you do the round of any EV owners forum, there's there's two or three of them that are always on the tip of everybody's tongue. Mm-hmm. The Michelin X size three is definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's one of those incredible um, polymaths that just does everything. The tire is very quiet. Uh, it has extraordinarily ice and snow traction. It's very predictable. Uh, all drivers yep. would, would get an immediate sense of confidence driving that tire. And it has the other holy grail thing that we hadn't mentioned, and that's the low rolling resistance, mm-hmm. which, again, is super hard to achieve. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they do that because yep. – um, in order to achieve low rolling resistance, you want the tire actually to be very stiff. Uh, right. Any movement or flex in the tire is what absorbs energy and sucks up all your range. So you, you want the tire to be rigid. How they made a tire that soft that works that well in snow and ice and, and right. doesn't really can consume <laughs> significantly more, I mean, it just blows my mind. Contradictory to the laws of physics that we know. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like they're violating something <laughs> of the laws of physics. They've made a deal with the devil that company has. Now, the Michelin, though, are a little bit more of a higher-end brand from a price yeah. point. So if you were to, to, to give of our listeners because i have listeners from all over the place and they all have a yep. whole gamut of vehicles from kind of a you know entry mid high end what what kind of couple tires of each category would you would you talk about well the two darlings of the highland are the one we yep. just mentioned so the michelin xice 3 and then there's my personal favorite which mm-hmm. we actually don't carry and everybody at work crucifies me for this because <laughs> we're not i'm in no way sponsored for yeah. i have to go out and pay my own hard-earned cash to buy this right. but it's the nokian hakapolita r3 mm-hmm. i'm in love with this tire it's absolutely extraordinary. Like the sense of yeah. control that it gives you, like it's one of the few tires, you know, that you actually can drive like a maniac in winter and it will save your bacon every time. Yeah. And so these are the, um, the Subi guys yeah. run them and that kind of stuff, yeah. right? That are, yeah. are going crazy. Yeah. It's a yeah. marvelous tire and it does everything we just described. Yeah. You know, it's still relatively quiet, uh, has exceptional uh, efficiency. So it's another one mm-hmm. that uh, you really don't experience significant range loss with yeah. that tire either. So those, those are my two top picks for the absolute best ones. In, in, Pirelli in as well still has really good tires. Huh? They do. I would mm-hmm. sort of put them in the next category down, okay. sort of the middle pack. And that's no disrespect to Pirelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give them a huge amount of uh, love for what they do in another area, which which neither the Michelin or the, the Nokian are any good at, and that's their dry road handling. Mm, mm. If you look at the Soto Zero family of tires, whether you take the H-rated or the V-rated, what's delightful about them are not only are they relatively efficient uh, and quiet, but they have exceptional handling. Like mm-hmm. you can drive those tires and you, you know, if you're not a very keen driver, you might not notice that you're actually even on a winter tire. That's how good right. they are. Right. So yeah, I give Pirelli a lot of uh, credit for mm-hmm. being able to deliver a winter tire that's really enjoyable to drive mm-hmm. in uh, dry conditions. So if you're that type of driver that, you know, wants to maximize your enjoyment when it is nice out, well, don't go to the Michelin and the, the, the Nokian. You will be sorely disappointed because that's the mm-hmm. one thing they do give up is that crispness in the dry to right. deliver the incredible snow traction. Pirelli, you're not going to get quite that same level of ice and snow traction, but you get fantastic dry road response. And there's a few of them in that category. And then going down a couple more, what do you think? Well, in a similar vein, um, let's suppose you wanted something along the lines of our, our first choices, the Nokian or the Michelin, but you know the budget was just a little too over the top for you. My current favorite is the uh, Yokohama Ice Guard IG53. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a tire um, that punches way above its price point. That's for sure. Um, tire Rack actually tested them mm-hmm. uh, against the X Ice, um, the WS80 Blizzak, which is another fantastic tire in the top tier. Yes. And they came away extremely impressed. You know, saying that essentially, in terms of ice and snow, you're very, very close. You know, mm-hmm. you're within spitting range of those tires at a dramatically lower price point. 
Um, and for normal tread, driving, that's great yeah. because you know you, you don't is. need that high end performance yeah. craziness. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So yeah, they really don't give up much in ter- at all in terms of ice and snow traction. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is one of the softer tires. Mm-hmm. So I would place it, you know, in sort of that uh, ice and snow category. Um, don't expect the high performance experience with them, but they're still very quiet, mm-hmm. um, still quite efficient. Um, it's, it's a nice all around choice for a very reasonable amount of money. Um, another one I would put in that sort of same mid mid range would be the Falcon Euro winter HS four, four, nine. And that's a tire, which is virtually unknown in the Canadian market. We, mm-hmm. we do distribute them, but they're, they're kind of a bit of a secret tire. Uh, Falcon's very well known for their high performance summer tires, well loved yes. by enthusiasts, but hardly anybody knows that they make a winter. Mm-hmm. And I've had those for years in different cars and been very impressed with them. And I would call that like the budget Pirelli, you know, in the okay. same way for a driver that's looking to maintain some of that higher speed handling feel, but with, you know, still really good ice and snow traction, the HS449 from Falcon, great choice because it does all that, but again, yeah. at, a, at a much lower price point. Nice. A couple more then coming, coming down into the budget into people that don't want to spend a ton maybe don't don't do a ton of driving in the winter but well safety sure um nexon actually makes a pretty nice product nexon again is a tire company that we haven't heard much out of they're getting a lot of um sort of publicity now because they're oem equipment on uh, kia Mm -hmm. and hyundai which are you know taking the canadian market by storm very popular brands manufacturer are they korean korean okay they're korean yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so they're that's why they're they're Mm -hmm. so popular as oem suppliers for hyundai and kia Uh, and they make uh, a nice range of uh of winter tires um particularly their wingard sport which mm. fits into that sort of higher performance, high speed rated. I have a set of those right now that I sort of use as my my nice winter tires when I'm getting too sick of the drunken t- tire feel of the, the Nokians and I yeah. feel like going out for a little rip. I'll yeah. bolt on the uh, the Nexon Wingard Sports and they're a lot of fun to drive in the dry and they still do very well in the snow. Um, very, very pleased with those. Any last one do you want to throw in there for good measure? Wow. Off the top of my head, I think yeah, we've covered quite a lot. Any, yeah, I was going to ask you, any of the Chinese brands because I, I I did once run some some Salins uh, a few yeah. years ago uh, on a, on in in winter vehicles and they were okay. I found them to wear faster than I thought they would. Um, and at that time, again, I would have done probably about ten to fifteen thousand kilometers in the winter, so quite a lot. Um, but they were a decent brand and they were really budget friendly. Yeah, China gets a lot of flack. You know, yep. like it's there's always this great stigma about cheap Chinese tires. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the fact of the matter is, a lot of these companies have had partnerships yes. over the years um, with some of the bigger, particularly Asian brands, you know, mm-hmm. like whether it's with Bridgestone or Yokohama or Dunlop. And what they do is they eventually split off and they create their own product. So they tend to be around three, four, five years behind, you know, the tier one, tier two companies. Mm-hmm. But still, if we look at the top tires from five years ago, they're nothing to sneeze at. You know, they're right. still pretty good. Um, we've gone through a lot of them, trying to trying to determine what the best one is. Our current favorite that we do very well with is a company called Far Road. Mm. And um, that's the first one I've tried that really comes up into the, like the tier three category. You know, okay. I'd put it up against a Hankook or a Nexon uh, any day of the week. I mm. mean, they're literally that good. They're not as crisp handling. Again, you know, you can't have it all. But for somebody right. who just wants ice and snow traction at a really – bargain price point the far roads have been terrific we've had fantastic uh response from our yeah. our dealer network with those they've been going really well well hopefully you know we've given listeners some good choices to think but you know the best thing is look at what your budget is you know look at what your environment what your needs are 
talk to somebody that has the expertise in that. You know, um, there's tons of information and reviews, as you've mentioned, Ian, with Tire Rack and others and, and the, the manufacturers themselves. Tons of stuff out there to look at. Uh, but, you know, don't wait, like get them before winter starts, because now it's, I mean, trying to book uh, tire swaps and, and getting tires now, as you know, is getting pretty, pretty tough as we get closer to to the winter months. So it's always something to start thinking about earlier, you know, sooner than later, but uh, definitely something to do. One last question on tires before we talk about about EV driving in the winter. Um, run flats. Is there a winter tire and do you need run flats? Because pretty well all EVs don't have a spare. Um, so that's something I get asked a lot. And, uh, you know, my my response before you answer is, well, like I'm not getting run flats because I just pick up the phone for 1-800-TESLA road service uh, and and I'll, you know, I'll deal with it at the time. So, I you know, for, for the once in a while maybe incident. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Well, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, uh, and neither of our cars have spares. The Volt has its own little uh, inflator kit, you yeah, know, which comes with the the goo and the whole thing, and you can buy that as an option from Tesla if you want to mm-hmm. repair your own or make up your own little DIY kit. I don't lose a whole lot of sleep about it because I got to tell you, when was the last time you had a flat tire? I mean, and thankfully, again, there's been so much, yeah. you know, um, advances in radial tire construction. You know, when radials first came out 40 or 50 years ago, it was a problem. These were yes. notoriously weak tires. I mean, you know, the slightest sharp object on the road, and poof, mm-hmm. you got a flat. That's pretty much gone now. I mean, um, it's rare, even with low profile tires, you know, which are more susceptible to damage. It tends to be isolated incidents, you know, it okay. isn't nearly as big a problem. So. Mm-hmm. But everyone's different. I mean, if you do, if you are really, really worried about that and you don't want to take up half your trunk with a full size spare, then certainly run flats are an option. Um, But be prepared to pay. You're looking at, in general, about a 50% price premium for the run flat. And they will eat into your range. The reason you almost never see run flats on EVs is because they do horrible things to your range. Mm, And it it has to do with the extra mass of the tire. Like in any given size, you're talking about a three or four pound per tire weight penalty. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, people don't think about the weight of the tires. You know, when you talk about performance geeks like me, we're all obsessed about like, oh, wow, this wheel's 1.2 pounds lighter than my originals. You know, like we're all shaving ounces off the wheels nobody thinks about the weight of the tire and believe it or not it has more effect on range and performance just Uh because it's the larger part of the diameter i won't go down a rabbit hole of physics but trust me on this you do not want an extremely heavy tire in your car and run flats unfortunately in order to do their job have to be heavier so certainly you know if if you live in an area that uh, a lot of construction a lot of rough roads uh, circumstances dictate that you'd be better served you'd like the confidence of it there's there's no reason not to just expect to take a range hit because of it that's i think the only reason i'm a little hesitant to recommend them to ev drivers excellent points and five years is when the last time i had a flat and that's because you hit the nail on the head in fact in this case it was a screw through the tire um you know we live in a subdivision that was still relatively heavily under construction yeah um and just coming in and out and just one day woke up you know went to the garage and saw the you know TPMS sensor was off and saw the tire was flat. I go, oh yeah, and there's the screw protruding out of it. So patch patch kit, you know, took it somewhere, got it patched, and it was done. So you know, enough to get me to the space. But uh, well, that's the beauty of you know, being that EVs are are still very you know in in the upper echelons of the model trim for every mm-hmm. family. You know, like if we look at the, the Hyundai Kona, for instance. Yep. Uh, the only version of the car that has TPMS is the the EV version of it. Yes. And that's true across most models. So almost every EV I can think of has um, TPMS in it. And that's a yep. godsend because if it you is. do get, 
you know, a, a nail or something in the tire, you'll find out very quickly before it's too late. And then you can pull over and then, yeah. you know, call a road service or something. But it's it's rare now that you'll destroy a tire. I mean, in the That's old great. days when we didn't have it, we'd be driving along until suddenly glunk, 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 and there's pieces of it flying off, yeah. right? That's right. Then your only option yeah. is, but now, you know, just carry yeah. one of these inflator kits, you know, or or the, um, the goo. Um, yeah. You know, it's not ideal. Um, the person repairing your tire will not be your friend, but hey, it'll get you where you're going. Exactly. Well, we've got about 10 minutes or so left in the conversation. And I know that when just before I pressed the record button, we were saying we could talk all night. But, uh, you know, the viewers probably won't, uh, the listeners won't stick on that long. But I do want to talk about, you know, driving an EV in the winter and some of the things that you can do to help with range and help with comfort and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, we've really tackled the tire issue. And, and, and I sincerely hope that people do take your recommendations for to look at some of those manufacturers. But, you know, uh, worst case is just, you know, if, if you're in an area that's going to get some snow and ice, it is definitely worth the investment to get a set of snow tires, dedicated tires for those kind of environments. But talking about trying to keep efficiency. So tires are one main element there. But there are also other things that we can do with EVs to try to help with efficiencies. Now, uh, I think you and I are both fortunate that we we have garages that we can park our cars in overnight. Uh, we can plug them in. Uh, we have home charging. So, you know, in those, even though the, the garages are f- somewhat insulated, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in a standard builder house and it's a little bit better insulated than most, but, you know, it'll get down to two degrees in the garage, uh, three degrees, one maybe uh, over when it's really cold. So that'll impact the battery. So I can I can leave the you know used to leave the leaf now the Model Three plugged in overnight and it will you know it will keep itself warm and then again if you set scheduling which is a great option to do um, it will start actually warming up the battery before you go correct yeah absolutely there's um, a bunch of ways that you can mitigate the problem uh, one of them is yeah by setting the car to warm up before you leave mm-hmm. another really helpful one and particularly for cars where you don't have the option of remotely turning on the heat or doing whatever is schedule your charging so mm-hmm. that the car just finishes charging before you go and i right. find that's the most effective way yeah. because even on model three it can heat the battery but it does it through a sort of strange process of using the resistance of the motor it'll it'll load the motor without moving the car and that's what actually heats up the battery cooling circuit i don't find it super efficient it works it it gets it up to temperature but uh, the best thing by far if you have a timer on your charger or if you can just start the car charging you know just before you go to bed so that it's only you know stop charging when you're when you're getting up to to go in the morning that really puts a lot of heat in the pack and that's extremely efficient like you'll leave the house you know if the battery is freshly charged you'll have full regen you'll have a nice warm battery everything's working great so the two of them together if you if you do those two things by preheating the car and scheduling your charge just before you leave you'll you'll be in great shape and that's the beauty of evs most of them as you you talked about tpms earlier most of them have that technology inherently in them that's part of an ev you know what makes up an ev and then the fact that because there's no there's no combusted zero emissions coming out of an ev you can you can do this with your garage door closed and not have to worry about that you can't you know you can remote start your your ice car uh, as people do but you can't do, run that in the garage, or at least you shouldn't be if you are. So Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> not if you want to live a long, healthy life. Yeah. So, you know, so those are great uh, pointers that people can uh, can take for trying to help with range in an EV. I mean, we know EVs have, have great center, uh, low center of gravity, so the handling's better. I found in the winter better. 
uh, than other cars. You know, usually better weight distributions than internal combustion vehicles, at least in the in the normal range, not the high end vehicles. And you know, also the heat. I mean, the, you talked about warming them up, but I mean, I don't know about you. Even on the Leaf, I mean, the heat came out almost instantaneously. It you turn it on and it starts right away. There's nothing that needs to warm up like you know, a resistive heater versus uh, or heat pump versus uh, internal combustion engine. It's kind of funny, you know, like EVs have this bad rap. It's like, oh, you can't drive them in the winter. I mean, we did the lightning <laughs> yeah. run across country. Everybody's like, oh, my God, you drove an electric car. Guys are going to freeze. Like, <laughs> like, you don't understand. Electric cars are the best winter cars. You yeah. can be minus 50 out and it starts because there's basically electrons still flowing at that temperature. Right. And yes, the instant heat has ruined me for any other type of car. <laughs> we really have. And yeah. then, you know, they usually have heated steering wheels and, and a lot of conveniences now that most cars are coming with. But they, they start, we started seeing them first in, uh, in EVs, I think, right? Those kind of features or, or really high-end vehicles. Yeah, it's it's trickled down, but you're right. Uh, a lot of these things sort of came to EVs quite early. You know, they all have heated seats, uh, heated steering wheels, which Model 3 doesn't have. It's a bit of a sore point, I think, with the yeah. community. But uh, I find, again, I don't... Whatever. no. I mean, you know, all I do is I have the vents directed at the yeah. steering wheel, you know, yeah. like turn the car on for five minutes and like the steering wheel is hot right. to the touch. I, you know, like, I'm old school. I was happy with cruise control and air conditioning. I mean, that, yeah. you know, that that was it for me. Okay, power windows, great. I, I would have been fine with crank, you know, roll up yeah. down windows too. But uh, so all this other stuff is just spoiling me. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh same here. <laughs> same here. But I mean, you know, hashtag yeah. first world problems. We always want yeah. I know. Now, you, you know, we, we talked about the, the handling and tires and how important they are. And I mentioned about the weight and just, you know, com people to remember that EVs typically are heavier than internal combustion vehicles. I mean, you look at a Range Rover, which people will think, well, that's a pretty capable winter vehicle. It is. They're fairly heavy, about about 4,800 pounds. But you look at a Model X, it's about 5,400 pounds and change, you know, a good a, a good few hundred pounds higher and Something like, uh, you know, if you if we compare Nissans, I mean, I've got a Versa Note in the garage. It's, that's our daughter's car. It's about just under 2,500 pounds. And then my Leaf, which I don't have anymore, was almost 3,500 pounds, 1,000 pounds more for a car that wasn't really that much bigger. So, you know, what that means is that you get that you get that better handling in the winter. But, of course, it can it, that extra weight, as you talked about earlier, can impact range. So, um, you know, obviously using the heat is going to reduce range. Uh, people forget, though, that cold air is denser, and that will impact range, too. Yeah, um, that's really the only downside is, yeah. of course, you need to operate the heater, uh, and the the battery system itself has to be heated. Lithium-ion batteries do not like being cool. It won't damage them, but they don't perform effectively. You'll, you'll start to lose the capacity of the battery if it gets too cold. Right. So not only do you need to heat the interior of the car, you need to heat the battery itself. Mm -hmm. So all of this definitely, you know, on average, I think most Canadian EV drivers, we all sort of arrive at a range figure around a 20 to 30% loss is typically yeah. what we see, you know, and some of that can be mitigated by the strategy of warming up the car. But yeah. over a long trip, you know, that's kind of what you have to plan for. Mm -hmm. And now that the charging network is, is you know, across all brands is getting so much better, it's not something that I ever really worry about much, obviously. Right depending on your specific car, your range, your needs, your traveling, you just have to sort of plan ahead for it. But I don't think it's it's such a big, big problem. You know, we're not in the, the, the pioneer days of 10 years ago where, you know, you you ran with your your heaviest winter parka and just the seat heaters on and that was it. Yeah, you know, exactly. like we're, we're, we're sort of past that now. Most, most EVs now can capably do the job 
you know, for, for most totally people, agree. I don't think, yeah, it's not really so, a big problem. Yeah. They're much more capable. Totally agree with you. And, uh, again, like you do, you have to plan a little bit more if you're going on road trips. You know, I, I when I had my leaf, I had to go to Windsor, which is, you know, usually around 200, uh, I'm trying to remember how many kilometers that is, whatever that is, but it, you know, it's usually about a three hour drive, uh, from, from Toronto to Windsor. And I did it in an ice storm, you know, and I had to stop three times to charge because, a, the range got impacted so bad, even though it wasn't mm-hmm. going that fast because the weather was truly terrible. But it just, everything, you know, affected the range, uh, the lousy road, the road conditions, you know, yeah. the temper- low temperatures, everything. It just, you know, it was impactful in the freezing rain. So got uh, got to think about that kind of stuff. And also to help maximize range, as we talked about preconditioning, using the seat heaters and steering wheel, if you have them, they don't draw a lot of, lot of juice. You know, sometimes limiting cabin heat, it doesn't mean I don't think you need to wear a parka and, and be able to see your breath when you're in the car. But, you know, it's up to you. I mean, to be honest, right now, you know, we've had some cold temperatures just starting to creep in, uh, you know, minus two, minus five in the morning when I'm, uh, I do go to my office a couple of times a week. Uh, I leave around seven in the morning and it's, now it's dark still and it's still cool. And, uh, you know, I've been running at about 19 and a half to 20 degrees and it's been more than warm enough. I mean, you know. Probably 10 years ago, I would have had to crank it up more. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting warmer as I get older. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm finding that that's adequate enough, especially with the seat heater. Yeah, the seat heater is a huge help. And as a matter of fact, I'm more comfortable like that, you yeah. know, because before I had cars with seat heaters, you'd, you'd have to keep the cabin heat warmer. And I always mm-hmm. found it like it was hot on your face and it would dry your eyes out. Now mm-hmm. I can keep it co- more comfortable temperature. I feel more alert because my head is cooler. Yeah. You know, my eyes aren't drying out. That's but my cool. body's warm because I've got the seat heater on. So that's... That's the winning formula for me. Before I forget, there's one little range trick that I want to mention that's important, uh, especially for EVs, is they're very sensitive to tire pressures. You know, pretty much all EVs run fairly high tire pressures in order to get the maximum range. In winter, it's super important that you keep an eye on it because Mm -hmm. your pressures will drop drastically, uh, you know, by three, four, five, six PSI, you know, Mm -hmm. from a really warm day to a really cool day. Even just going from zero to minus 20, you can lose quite a bit of pressure yes uh on on so don't assume that you've set your tires for winter and now they're good for winter they will <laughs> still vary yeah. and um, just two things i want to mention is make sure that when you're checking your pressures that the car is parked outside in the cold so if you do have a warmer garage don't check them there that's you're going to get a false reading mm. or don't read your your pressure sensors the tpms make sure the car has been sitting parked outside three four hours in the coldest temperatures you expect. So if you don't yeah. want to check them in, check them every week, wait for a day where it's minus 10, minus 15, park the car outside, set them so that they're correct at that pressure. Mm-hmm. And if you want to put a little extra, that's that's even a better idea. There's a strange thing that happens. In summer, you know, we tend to set tires based on normal atmospheric conditions. So right. plus 15, plus 20 degrees is typically where they're designed to run. Mm-hmm. And as you drive, you'll see they'll go up. You know, if you've got the display in the car, like you do in the Model 3, the standard tire pressure is 42 PSI. If you've got it set to PSI, most Canadians, I think, still speak PSI. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when we order meat, we order an ounces and yeah. we, we still talk about tire pressures and PSI. So my apologies to anybody who uses kilopascals. But anyway, if you go with 42 PSI in the Model 3, you'll notice on a long highway drive, they'll climb to 45 46 in no time at all yes that's normal they're supposed to do that that's their operating temperature so mm-hmm. that's why we always say set them cold to what's on the door placard mm-hmm. and expect them to go up notice in winter that doesn't happen i've often gone right. out on days where it's minus 20 minus 25 they start out at 42 and they never make it out of the box they go yeah. to maybe 43 i'm really hauling that's right so to help the tire along uh in the cold 
add a few extra PSI. You know, like when you're driving a long distance on the highway, you should expect to see the pressures come up. So, and if they're not doing it, add that extra pressure. You're not going to hurt the tire. Virtually every tire out there now, you know, for most of these cars is capable of handling 50, 51 PSI. If you add a little bit extra, you're not hurting anything. And that's definitely going to be noticeable in your range. It'll give you that extra five, 10 kilometers on a full charge, just having a few extra PSI. So in winter, really keep your eye on the, on the tire pressure. It's very helpful. Good points. And I'm also a big believer of getting a, a, a decent tire gauge. <laughs> you know, I have to spend sure. a fortune on it, but, you know, like the, the little pocket ones, they're okay. And I don't really trust the ones at gas stations that, uh, you know, you put a quarter in or a loony or whatever it is. I don't see it, know how accurate they are. Most of the cars you know, nowadays will actually honk at you or flash your lights when you hit, if they have TPMS, will actually let you know when you're at the, the right temperature, the right uh uh, pressure that they should be but i'm a big believer in having a good gauge uh, that you can use to rely on yep. so that couple of the quick things for charging uh, for for winter efficiencies is charging remember you know that they will charge slower cold batteries charge slower so if you are going on a road trip that's going to add to your road trip time uh, because you won't be able to pull as fast a charge as you normally would in the summer now tesla tries to augment that by preconditioning the batteries and a good secret to do is use the tesla nav and put in uh, as a destination a supercharging station because then it will know to start preconditioning. And and I, we were talking just before we I pressed the record button about a trip I did last week up to Tobamori and I went up to Owen Sound, uh, or I stopped at Owen Sound to supercharge so that I could go up the rest of the way and then come all the way back home. And yeah, it, you know it uh, it automatically started preconditioning about fifty or sixty k away. It was still a good mm-hmm. amount away. Um, and so by the time I got there, I, you know, I'm pulling a, a nice fast, you know, a pull, uh, which probably normally wouldn't happen for a car that wasn't preconditioning. Can I add one more little yeah. uh, cold weather traveling tip, which I, was a lifesaver when I was going across country. <laughs> when uh, when I was on the outbound leg, going from Montreal out to Vancouver, of course, it was just me driving solo. So I was yep. stopping. I stopped uh, four nights along the way um, in different hotels. And I learned very, very, very hard uh, lesson the first night. I didn't bother plugging the car in or doing anything. And as a matter of fact, I left it fairly empty. I only left yeah. about 30% of, of range because I was in a town right next to the supercharger. I think we were in White River was where mm-hmm. I stopped, you know, on, on the north side of uh, Lake Superior. And it was about mm-hmm. minus 25 that night. And, of course, I wake up the next morning and I had the big blue block of ice display, you know, on the battery thing. Yeah. The car was frozen solid. So no problem driving it. But when I went two blocks over to the supercharger, it took forever to charge i couldn't pull more than 40 kilowatts you know oh, and, wow. and that's a v3 charger it should have oh, started nice. out at around 200 yeah yeah i was there for huge. an hour so yeah. and you know what the stupidest thing was is in all of these northern regions any of the hotels i visited all had block heater plugs at right. every single one of the parking spots yeah, so I what i say that yeah for the rest of the trip, anytime you go to a hotel, it's yeah. got like one of those little 110 volts. You might look at it and go, Poof, what am I going to get? 10 kilometers of range plugging into that? Don't do it for the range. Right. Do it to keep your battery warm. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it's the same yeah. fundamental as the block heater, that kind of concept, yeah. right, of yeah. keeping the engine a bit warm so that when you start it, you know, it's 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 unfrozen or, or the yeah. the fluids are at least warmer than, than frozen. So yeah. uh, for sure. Right, oh, yeah. Point. Even at minus 25, it was like as if the car had been plugged in the garage the whole night. You know, it gained about 20 kilometers of range, not a huge amount of range, but it was warm. And when right. I was ready to go, yeah, uh, bang, off we went. And, you know, nice. plug into the supercharger and pff, no problem, 200 kilowatts. 
Now, on the Tesla note, I wanted to end the show with um, just a couple of things because Teslas are a bit unique, and I'm finding that out as I'm going into my first winter of Tesla ownership. But a couple of things that I've uh, people have told me about regarding Teslas is certainly um, one of the good things you can do is create driver profiles, of course, and you can do different things. And one good suggestion was create a winter driver profile. Have you done that yourself? No, 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 never, okay. never occurred to me. I've got one for long trips, short trips, yeah. the track, I oh, okay. you name it. But no, I've never done one for winter. So the the observations that people have, have said that is if you create a winter driving profile and you can turn on chill mode, uh, because in winter, again, you want to keep your acceleration and braking uh, as easy as possible, right, to handle mm-hmm. control. Um, set regenerative braking to low if you can do that. I know that I think that some of the new... Um, I think the new Model 3s that have just come out, the 2021s, as we're calling it, um, have taken one of those options away. I think they took the, the low regen away. It's only standard now, I think, on that. But if you have the option to do that, um, set the autopilot distance to the max, which is 7, and um, set your emergency lane departure to warning instead of assist. Again, you don't want any any quick tugs at the wheel, as you mentioned right. earlier. Wow, those are all fantastic ideas. I mean, you know, for the average sane Canadian cautious driver, I think they're they're fantastic ideas. Can I yeah. now make a confession? Is when it's snowing outside, the first thing I do is switch on track mode. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not the thing, example in this case. Yeah. One thing I miss about EVs is not having a parking brake to pull up. Yeah, uh, I really miss my center parking brake because I love going to a mall and doing donuts when it's yeah. empty. You know, when there's nobody around and. Uh, in a safe condition. But anyway, my wife yells at me for that. Now, one of the <laughs> things, of course, unique to Tesla's, both in the S, well, all of them, SX and the three is, you know, the the, the door handles that they have, you know, whether it's, it's uh, auto presenting or whether it's the J type that the Model 3s have, but they can't freeze. So what have you done to help avoid freezing of those in the winter? Um, I haven't had a tremendous no? problem with the door handles themselves. No, I, I always found that a good quick firm jab with the thumb yeah. would break all the ice off them. I had no problem at all. I did have initially some issues with the windows freezing though. Well, I was going to ask you about that too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of course the model three has frameless windows and this yeah. is not just the model three. This is common to a lot of cars nowadays yes. where you have a problem there. So um, Tesla did an upgrade whereby they've changed the distance that the window travels and it tends to open more violently now and go further. And that seems mm. to have solved the problem. Okay. But what really helped in my case was I use a product, of course now I forgot completely the name of it, but um, you can buy it at Canadian Tire. Yeah. Um, it's a Canadian company and it's it's got the strangest name. Um, but it's a it's a treatment something like that. Sorry, what's it? Like just Jigaloo or something like that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's a, a loo or a goo yeah. or something in the title. I, yeah. We talked about it on the on. Um, the silicone-based products, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but any of these silicon products that are designed for weather stripping, and this yeah. one is particularly for that. You can find it in yeah. the automotive products aisle in Canadian Tire with all the other lubricants. But it's yeah, yeah it's um, your boy, the name's reader, on tip yeah. my tongue. Exactly. Your reader, because I just went out and got a bottle of WD-40 silicone spray, water-resistant yep. silicone spray last night. Same idea. So this weekend, I'm going to just coat the the weather stripping for that reason. Just uh, again, yeah. it'll let the glass you know peel away from the rubber easily exactly. when it's cold and maybe some ice is on it. And don't forget to do the lower strips because most cars yes. now have a rubber strip in the door, yeah, uh, in the in the window opening in the door itself, and then of course all the way around the window 
you know, up yeah, top. So do all four sides of the opening, you know, bottom, top, sides, everywhere. That makes a huge difference. Um, there'll be sometimes a slimy residue left on the window you have to clean off in the spring. Live yeah. with it. It's so much better than having to deal with the ice. It really makes a big difference. And the last, I guess, winter thing, this is for generic, uh, for all cars and EVs, of course, is don't forget your snowbrush and ice scraper. Don't leave it at home. Uh, you know, put it in the trunk. Make sure you have it because, uh, as you said, the weather can change pretty quick, especially. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it here. And, you know, when we have a lake effect regions. One minute it's clear. The next minute it's, you know, half an hour later, you've got, a, you know, almost a foot of snow out there. Uh, so you need to have the tool to be able to do that. I'm, I also carry just a little bit of a, not a safety kit per se, but just, you know, like a blanket and a candle and this kind of stuff. Just if I have, you know, if something happened and I had to get stranded and wait for a road, something, you know, you, I mean, EVs, okay, we're a little bit different, but things can happen. It doesn't hurt to have a little extra help now and then flashlight, that kind of stuff. No, wise advice, you know, like um, in, in, in urban areas, it's not something we worry right. about too much. But I mean, so many of us live, you know, 20, 30 minutes away from the wilderness. So if yeah. you're going out of town, it doesn't take long before you can go into long stretches where there's nobody or no, you know, there's, I can drive an hour out of Montreal into areas where there's like no cell service, nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of doing the same thing. Always prepare for the worst because you never know where you're going to be. Exactly. Well, you know, uh, there's our music. So that means that that's the end of the show. We've got a little longer than I normally do, but some great information. And I think very timely for listeners to think about if you have an EV or if you have friends that have EV, pass the information along. Um, again, there's lots of lots of stuff on the Internet about tires and about all these different things that we talked about today that you can do to help uh, maximize the enjoyment and the safety of your EV during the winter months. Any final comments, Ian? Do you want to plug uh, your show, by the way, that you do? Well, yeah, uh, that would be a, a nice Go thing for to it. do. I'm sure Trevor would appreciate it. But We're yeah. all cousins in this universe here. We, we are. <laughs> We are indeed. I'm, yeah. I'm proud to be part of that family. So, yeah, you can catch uh, myself, uh, the inimitable Trevor Page, and Eric Camacho um, bi-weekly these days. We're doing yeah. about every two weeks on a show called Tesla Owners Online, mm -hmm. where we mostly talk about Tesla news. We we do cover some of the other brands, though, and whatever all else. And I think our main claim to fame is we're just three goofballs and we like to have fun. So I know there's a lot of excellent EV shows out there that you can listen yeah. to for great news, you know, and getting your facts straight. We're kind of more like a lounge act. Nice. We, we do cover the news. That's how I would describe it. So if that's your thing, please join us. We'd well, you didn't say you. cheap lounge act, so at least you're, you know, <laughs> you're, 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 you know, mid-range or something anyway. That's, that's right. Good. <laughs> I'll take mid-range. Yeah. And, you know, Trevor can always spin up uh, playing music since he's an accomplished musician as well. So. He is a renaissance man. He is. Yeah. He is a renaissance man. Well, listen, you know, I thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. You know, we're recording later in an evening here on a weeknight. I know it's been a busy day for you and, and myself as well. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Some great information. I learned a lot of stuff, too. Always a pleasure. And I can't wait. You know, I, I took your advice when we talked a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, actually, when I was asking you and lining up the show about what tires I got. I ended up getting the Yoko. So I'm going to be putting them on. Uh, probably again this weekend or next weekend soon enough uh, get those on so I'll be I'll be I'll be interested my first winter in, a, in an all-wheel drive vehicle I've never owned an all-wheel drive vehicle in my life it's either been rear wheel or front wheel and again as long as I have a parking brake I'm I'm happy as a clam in the winter really uh, I know how to drive pretty well so this is going to be an interesting experience uh, understanding the uh, the handling characteristics of all-wheel drive 
it, I'll warn you, Ken, it's extraordinarily addictive. Yeah. I, I, I went all-wheel drive 20 years ago. I've never been able to go back. Really? Oh, there oh you go. God, it's joyous. It's <laughs> like every time it snows, it's like I'm a kid with a new toboggan. I'm going out. That's, I'll see you later. Yeah. I'm going to the store. That's it. Oh, yeah. Any excuse, is, any excuse is good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Lizzie, thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Stay safe, of course, and uh, all the best. And we will chat again soon. Same to you. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, everyone, again for listening in. You can find all the podcasts at my podcast site at evrevolutionshow.com. Also, my podcasts are linked to most of the major podcast players, so you should be able to download and listen at your convenience in your car or portable audio device. Uh, Just please subscribe and you'll get automatically downloaded the new episodes as they come out. Please, again, everybody, uh, check out my YouTube channel to watch current videos and subscribe to that. And if you want to reach me, you can contact me via email at evrevolutionshow@gmail.com at gmail.com or on Twitter at my Twitter handle at evrevshow. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.